We made it. We are now in season two. I hope you loved season one. I sure did. I mean, there were so many teachers and authors and publishers and family members and friends who shared their reading heart with us. And it just made me know that whatever we're going through, books and literature can help ground us and can make us feel happy. I don't know about you, but I love going and just reading and connecting with characters and plots and pictures. And I just love how picture books can do that. So we are on season two. We are fired up. I have so many great guests for this season. And just wait, let's open the magic together and throw all the confetti around. Welcome to another episode of Confetti Moments. On today's episode, I'm going to sit down with myself. And I'm going to share an updated version of my story. I can't wait to open the magic with you. It was February 22nd, 2018, I believe. Now I really want to get that date right. So I'm going to look it up. And I was up one late one Friday night. And I thought to myself that I really want to share my story, but I didn't know how, and I didn't know how it would be received with the world, and I didn't know February 23rd, 2019. That's crazy. That was like only a one year before COVID. Wow. Anywho, I didn't know how the world was going to receive it, and I was scared out of my gourd and I remember typing it. I stayed up till like 2 a.m. and I was just typing, typing, typing my story, which you can find on my blog and at RamonaRecommends.com. And I remember the next morning, my parents were at coffee and I called my mom and I said, mom, I, I, I haven't pressed send yet, but I've drafted a story, my story, like my memoir, my book. And I really think I need to put it out in the world to help teachers and other family members who are going through or have gone through what I'm going through and have gone through. And, you know, looking back, my mom also is a warrior. So she's kind of like, are you sure you want to put that out there? And I said, yeah, I, I really think that I do. And I had started Ramona Recommends, gosh, six years. No, not six. Oh, wait, I can tell you right now. Yeah, it was six years ago because it was, um, I started it in 2013. And wow, that's crazy. Next year will be 10 years. But I at first really just started to share my love of picture books. And then I thought, I have a reason why I love picture books so much. They've, they've changed my life. And I really want people to know my story because there's other kids, there's other adults, there's other people in this world who need a cheerleader and who also need to know they're, they're not alone. And so I remember going over to my parents' house that Saturday morning after they'd gotten home from coffee and I was sitting on the couch and I got opened up my laptop and I just started reading and I started to cry because, well, A, you know, when you rehash some sad topics, memories flood and you get a little weepy, but also I was so proud of myself that I thought, hey, I'm going to put my story out into the world and 
I, I don't know how it's going to be received, but I need to do it. And I'm really, really, really proud of myself that I did it. And I hope that I'm going to share my story again here today. And I hope that what I share will change your life. And either A, it will make you more sympathetic for the students in your room who struggle. It will help you understand that you are not alone if you deal with what I deal with. And thirdly, it will help you know if you are a parent or a teacher of somebody that's like me, that everything is going to be okay. I'm even getting teary-eyed right now and I, I'm probably gonna cry in this episode. So I'm just saying it now. And I'm even just thinking about that in my life that when I was a little kid and I would sit there and I would look at the text and I would be like, I have no clue what this is saying. Look where I am now. And so, you know, we're all in different places in our lives and we all, I was, I was listening to, so yeah, big bachelor, big bachelorette fan here. And I was listening to, I think it's called Off the Vine. It's Caitlin Bristow's podcast. And it might've been Nick Vile's podcast. It was one of them. And they were interviewing Brandon. Love me some Brandon. Dude, you're going to go far in life. You are awesome. But I, he was talking about, oh goodness, see, sometimes when I do bird walks, I forget what I was talking about. Yep, I totally forgot what I was talking about. So maybe I'll remember, but just that, oh, oh, yes. Okay, so he said, oh, you know, I thought like by 25, I'd be married. And now that I'm thinking about it, it might've not even been him. It might've been somebody else on their podcast, but that they'd be married by 25, they'd be settled down. And I thought, oh my gosh, like me too. Well, let's say I'm not 25 and I'm not getting any younger, but I know that where I am today in my life, it's right where I need to be. And my story, while it's very emotional to me, can help so many other people in this world. So without further ado, let me share with you who Courtney Hinshaw is and why I started Ramona Recommends. Are you ready? Okay. If I cry, I'm so sorry. If you cry, I'm so sorry too. Hopefully you got waterproof mascara on today, but here we go. Okay. So I need us to all channel back to the year 1984, which is the year that I was born. I was actually getting my nails done on New Year's Eve day. And I was talking to the nail technician, sweet gal. And <laughs> I was trying to explain, because she told me her name. And then I said, oh, my name's Courtney. And I go, yes, it's a very 80s name. And um, I was like, oh, yeah, did you ever have American Girl dolls growing up? And she said no. And I said, oh, there's these sweet little dolls. And they go through the decades. And I had Molly. And I go, and last year, they came out with the 1980s doll. And she was like, oh, my gosh, that's so long ago. And I'm like, hey, hey, now. I go, but the girl's name, the doll's name is Courtney. So I'm historic, y'all. I am historic, which I really want that doll, by the way. Really need to work on that. Anywho, so I was born in 1984, April 25th, to be exact. I love my birthday. And I was born into a home of two very loving parents. My mom was a high school English teacher 
for 30 years. And my dad was in business my whole life. Actually, today is he officially retired from all the things. And we all never thought that would come because my dad is a hard worker and never can sit still and just is on the go all the time and lovely does. And so shout out to dad. You're awesome. And I also have two older sisters. One is three years older than me. And then the last, the oldest one, six years older than me. And they both are married and have kids. You've probably seen my middle sister's children on my Instagram a little bit more because they live near me. Um, but they're like the loves of my life. And I love being an aunt and I'm not, I don't have my own kids yet, but one day I do hope to, because I love opening the magic with them. And I love sending my sisters books that they need to get for their kids. And yep, I do that all the time. Like you need this one, you need this one. And so shout out to all the parents who make reading a priority in your home, because it really will change your child's life. So on that note, I hope that this story one day will be a picture book. Right now, I'm really not in the realm to want to write a book about this, but it's definitely in my mind. And a little bit later in my story, I will share about a book that I read that was like mine that really inspired me. So I really hope that if you are reading, if you're listening to this podcast, or if you read my blog post, that you will know that a child's life can be changed in one day by a book. Now, I'm going to kind of set the stage a little bit for you so you can really understand like where I'm coming from and where my story is coming from. So my two older sisters, school was so easy. Like the oldest one, I think got like hundred percent on her, on the G, uh, the SATs, like never had to study, just school came so much easier to her. And the middle one, like Cliff Notes was her jam. She's an incredible athlete, like praise be to all of them. But I had to study. Now, when I say that, I mean like flashcards, color-coded. At the We had this oval brown kitchen table that my parents still have at their home. And like I lived at that table. Like my butt imprint is probably still on my chair because I was there so much. And I always have loved school and my parents have always made us, you know, school's very important and not like, when are you going to college? It's like, or not, if you're going to college, it's like when you're going to college, that's kind of how I grew up. And they were always talking about universities and careers and future. I mean, and my, my parent, my mom, you know, went to college right out of high school, but my dad was in the um, army and he didn't go until after he was actually 30 years old when he graduated. So they both had very two different educational stories, but it was always very important to my parents that we get college degrees. And so one night we were um, at, at dinner at the kitchen table and my parents would always ask us like questions. And so I think it was like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And y'all, I'm not kidding. I like stood up and I put my hands on my hips and I was like, I am going to be a teacher, like done and done. Like that's it. And like everybody knew, like that's what Courtney was going to be when she grew up and like, she's not changing. And that's my personality. When I want to do something like I do not steer off that course, like we're doing it. So I remember 
books were in my home. They were sparkled all over. And, you know, my, my dad didn't read books like the middle child. Like she doesn't, I think, I think she's maybe read like five books in her whole life, but my oldest sister and my mom, they love books. And so they'd always be reading. My dad would be reading the wall street journal a lot. I remember that growing up and then the paper every morning. And my parents would take me to weekly trips at Rakestraw Bookstore, which is in Danville, California. And then, of course, we had the beloved Scholastic Book Fair. And the my librarian at my elementary school, I loved and I still remember her. And I, I can picture what she looks like. She had like brown short hair with glasses and just the sweetest little lady ever. And my mom would always read picture books to me. And one of my favorite picture books as a kid was called The Wonderful Pigs of Jillian and Jigs. And we'd go to the bookstore, we'd go to the library and we got different chapter books. And, but then we'd get home and I, she'd be like, try, like, let's read it together. And I would painstakingly read it to her. And I mean like painstakingly, staking. She would then reread the disaster and we discuss what happened and it was glorious then. And those times were so special to me. Like I think back to my childhood and I think of like, what was the most amazing time I had? And I would say it was reading with my mom. Um, and she was like the best reader. And I still love when she reads to me. And to this day, my mom would tell me it wasn't that you couldn't do it. You just needed time. And like I kind of previously said that these were my favorite times as a kid, the times that books were involved. So you're probably wondering, okay, Courtney, like what's your deal? Like, tell us more. So I am going to tell you more and then I'll kind of, yep, I'm going to tell you more and then you'll, you'll see. So I was never the first to tie my shoe, write my name, read fluently, know my times tables, get married, any of that. I've always been a late bloomer. And I want to tell you right now, if that's you, guess what? You're badass. And I would see words and I would try to sound them out. And like the word stick, I would read strict and some words look different on pages than they did on the other page. And my mom would sit for hours helping me each night to get my homework done. And I cried and cried. And I knew I was not like everyone else. Like I knew, like I knew, you know, when you know, and like, you know, when you know, and I would tell her like, mom, like my brain just can't think it's like empty. And, you know, looking back, part of it was my anxiety because I was so anxious. I wasn't doing well. Uh, but also some of it is like, I just, I didn't know. And I laugh. And I think to myself, if I got paid in books for how many times I said I was tired, y'all, my library, which is about almost 3000 books would be tripled. And of course I wasn't tired, but the work was hard. And as a kid, I, I just wanted it to be easy. I was like, why can't this be easy? And so I was pulled to the resource room to practice reading comprehension. And I remember it was this jolly old man, Mr. T. And um, if you're all thinking like chains, mohawk, no, not at all. More like uh, sweater vests, 
khaki pants and like brown loafer kind of deal. Uh, and I went to this room until high school. And like most students, I had a battery of tests that would pinpoint where my challenges were. And when I was in the third grade in 1993, I was diagnosed with dyslexia and an auditory processing disorder. And on top of all that, so that was like my academic life, but like my social life, I like donuts a little too much and the baby weight never came off. But luckily I was really outgoing. But as you know, now that I know kind of now, I was more outgoing because I was trying to hide that I maybe was not as smart as everybody else. And I just wanted people to think that I was happy. And as we all know, I wasn't. And um, one of my favorite stories growing up when I had, I call it my testing career that I had that it's funny now, but like, I probably wasn't laughing then. And the tester would say, Courtney, what stings? And right now you probably in your head thought B. I, little Courtney was like, my bottom. Now, this was, I think, when I was like five or six. I don't think it was when I was in third grade, but I, I don't know. I actually need to ask my mom. Um, so in my head, I'm thinking, well, A, I was being literal, so hashtag genius, but B, the answer is B, like, bzz. so, I mean, like they say, just because you have dyslexia does not mean you are not smart. And actually, I have the best memory in the world. Like, I can remember everything, which sometimes is a good thing, sometimes it's a bad thing. Like, I can remember every phone number growing up. I can remember what my best friend wore the day we met. Like, I just have a very photographic memory. And, which has served me well, like I said, but sometimes it's kind of not served me so well. Hashtag dating life. Um, but when I, so when I got older, I was in, gosh, I think it was eighth, eighth grade. I got to leave the room because I had so many tutors outside of the room that really helped me. And I did a lot of memorizing to get through the tests. And my parents empowered all of us just to have a positive mindset when something was hard. And believe me, I wanted to give up so many times. Um, I'm about to tell you a really sad story that happened to me in high school. So I like cannot do math. I mean, I'm actually really good at fifth grade math now, but like high school geometry, not my thing. And I can't just believe I went on my podcast, but we're going to go with it. Um, and I had a teacher in high school tell my mom that I was not smart. Like, I can't even imagine like telling a parent in my classroom right now, hey, you know, so-and-so is not smart. I might say, you know, so-and-so is struggling. Here's what we can do. I know they're going to be okay. Yada, yada. Not like, hey, so-and-so, you're not going to get it. Oh my gosh. Like even like saying it just makes me mad. So luckily I had this angel of a assistant principal who took me out of her class and put me in another class where I was able to be supported and getting a lot of help with my math skills. Now at the time that sounded grandiose, like this is so perfect. 
But then came the time to apply for colleges. Now, y'all, my self-esteem was so low. And like, all I wanted was to be accepted into a four-year university. Because in my head, like, if I go to the community college where I live, like, I'm nothing, I'm stupid, I'm slow, like, can't do it. And I had nightmares over this, like, nightmares. Hashtag, like, throw in, yeah, because you have anxiety and OCD, Courtney. But, like, at the time, I didn't know that. And I prayed with my family for the right answer. Like, God, please give me the strength to figure out what to do, what to know to do. And so... An answer came to me to apply to this small liberal arts college in Illinois, and I follow God's direction. I applied. Well, gosh, like even thinking about this story right now, I'm just like, oh, but it's a good one. So have a sip of your coffee, and then, you know, you need to put me on pause or something. Go for it. But two months later, I received an email that read, and I'm going to read it word for word because I want to make sure I say it right. You must have a full year of geometry before we can further review your application. Well, my heart melted because I was so close going to a four-year university, but this roadblock kind of kicked me to the ground. And it was all because of that one teacher that told my mom that I was not smart and I had to leave for class. So I didn't have those credits and like, oh my gosh. So I went to my counselor sitting in her office and like I said, my angel assistant principal came back in. And so long story short, she let me take the whole year of geometry in summer school. And I had this most amazing teacher. He was so great. I remember he had like dreads and like, oh, he was so good. And he taught me that all proofs about all the proofs. And he allowed me to spell angles, angels, because hashtag dyslexic, you don't spell things right. And he was like, hey, she still understands how to get the proof, even though she's talking about angels and not angles. So at the end of the summer, I passed that geometry class and I was able to give my transcripts to the college. And then the communication like went silent. Like they let, I, I don't even know. Like it was like, who's Courtney and like, where is she going? Well, it wasn't until that following spring, that March, it was actually March 4th at 4.31 p.m. Remember, really good memory. The house phone, right? Yep, we still had house phones then. And on the other side was the nicest lady who asked if I was home. And I replied, yes, this is Courtney. Like, not how can I help you, but how can I help you? And she told me, and I, the next thing I knew, I was going to a four-year university. It gets me every time I was going to college. And I wanted that so badly that I was going to college. And I was in a mother-daughter organization called National Charity League. And the night that you get presented, they say where well, you're going to college. And they said, presenting Courtney Hinshaw as she will be attending, and they did say the name, but I'm not going to say it here, a four-year university in the fall, uh, and they announced this, and I was beaming, and I mean, I was beaming in my heart, like, I had made it. I was going to college, like, everyone else in my circle of friends, and I felt like an equal, and as a teenager, you know this is huge, and I'm so sorry if you can hear 
the gardeners are in my backyard, but I'm not gonna read the read tap it, so just enjoy. So it was a bright and early morning in August, and we flew to St. Louis, Missouri, where I embarked on this journey to college, and I couldn't believe it. I was no longer the resource kid, and the fight inside of me was burning, and I was so excited, and, and I was so excited. With I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to college. And then, well, life is funny, isn't it? So, well, being away from home meant no family close by, a free range of food and many, many lonely nights. As much as I wanted to be at a four-year school, I had to be true to myself. And this is something that I am dealing with right now in my life, that like as much as I want something or I think I need something, I really need to be true to who I am and not do things for other people. Be true to myself. And I had gained a ton of weight. I wasn't fitting in. Classes were beyond hard. My grandma had passed away two days before my sophomore year. And I remember calling my parents and sobbing one night in November saying, I, I made a mistake. Like, this is too hard. I need help. Like, y'all, the tears were big. I have never felt this sad and alone. Like, I, yeah, no, I haven't. And I had to come home. Like, I was embarrassed, but I knew God had a plan for me. And I knew I had to do what was right. So right before Thanksgiving break, I packed up my entire dorm room. I shipped back 15 boxes that belonged to me. Yep, I'm not even going to tell you that I had the, when we moved in, I was the one with the most boxes. But now, as you know, I'm an extreme planner. And so on the flight home, I was thinking, well, like, like what do I need to do? So that Monday morning, I called up the local community college and I said, hi, my name is Courtney Henshaw. I would love to get more information to start in the winter. What can I do? And I will tell you, this was one of the best decisions of my life. In the story coming up in a little bit, there's another best decision that I think our lives are made on best decisions and we need to focus on those best decisions. And so I attended this community college for two years and had a hard but rewarding experience. So one story that sticks out that I'm gonna tell you kind of quickly, or this is gonna be like a two hour podcast, is about a math teacher that I had at my community college. So as you all know, reading's not my favorite, but like math is worse. And so I literally had to tell my tutor that she could not go into labor until I had the final in this class. Like I needed her tutoring until the last possible second before my test. Like I'm not kidding. And I also think that I, or I kind of remember, I think she went into labor like two days later. Like I think I can't, that I don't remember, but I had this teacher who pushed me so hard. And I tell my students this story now because when they get like annoyed that I'm so like harsh on certain things, I'll be like, you did not have a Mr. Summers. So enjoy the sin job. So if you did one step wrong in the process, you were wrong. Like the problem was wrong. There was no half credit. There was no like, oh, you tried, yay. No. And my mom was even frustrated 
because she saw tears build up after test, after test that came home with D's. She was even reaching out to family and friends and like saying like, you know, maybe college isn't for Courtney. And of course I heard that one night on the phone because at the time I lived at home and, but luckily my mom totally disagreed. And she was like, you know, the thought that this might be a reality, like crushed me that she might agree, but she didn't. And she was like, no, like Courtney can do this. That little light inside of her for all these years, like she's going to do it. And like, I said that to myself, like I can do this. So I had to, I mean, practice, practice, practice for every test. My dad, I remember wrote on a piece of paper, like Jesus, take the pencil. And I still have it in my wallet today. My parents and I laughed that we literally bought my tutor's entire designer handbag collection. And I remember the final exam came and I took it every question and gave it my best effort. This part of my story is why teachers make a difference. That night, I received a call from the professor who shared with me, I received a B on the final. I remember standing in the kitchen, like jumping up and down. And to just have a professor call you at home and tell you that like gave me all the confidence in the world to keep going. Like, it's like, I can do this. Like my life is hard, but like, I can do this. And I'm going to keep fighting. I had a wonderful rest of my time at the community college. And now it was kind of time to decide where was I going to go to finish my college degree? So I called the University of Arizona home. Oh gosh, I love being a wildcat for the next two years. And I did receive my degree in elementary education. And this part of my story is very, very special to me. And it's a huge shout out to one of my favorite authors, Patricia Falaco. And during one of my first few weeks at U of A, I went to the local um, bookstore, not the local one, but like the one on college campus. And you can probably guess right where I went if I went into a bookstore. Yes, you are right. I went into the children's section and I found the book, Thank You, Mr. Falker. And as I was reading down the page, I saw myself. I saw this little girl who wanted to be like everyone else. When I found out the story was about Patricia Polacco, my very first confetti moment happened. I remember calling my mom and telling her everything was going to be all right. And if you haven't read the story, I'm going to kind of spoil it for you, but you won't because as you read it, you're going to have your own confetti moments. But Patricia Polacco is also dyslexic. So on this night that I am writing this blog post, it was probably about midnight and I was looking on my computer for something else. And then I found this letter that I had written one of my friends in my cohort, what it was like to be me. And this would be a great assignment for you to do in your classroom or even at home and ask your students, what is it like to be you? And I wrote this in 2008. I was diagnosed with dyslexia and other learning disabilities when I was in the third grade. 
I struggled with school my whole life. I love school and I work so hard, but sometimes it doesn't pay off. There are times when I'm sitting in class and I'm so confused because I can't process what the teacher is saying and write at the same time. Coming to the University of Arizona, or as we like to call it, U of A, has been one of the biggest accomplishments I've ever had in my entire life. I cannot believe that I will be graduating in May. This is the best thing that has ever happened to me. And a month later, on May 17, 2008, I walked across stage as my entire family plus best friend watched from the audience. I'll never forget the Dean of Students from the College of Education announced my name. I feel like Caitlin Bristow, we have so many feelings, but not only did they announce my name, they said Courtney Hinshaw, College of Education, Magna Cum Laude. When you know your passion, you do it. And I want you to tell yourself right now, or I want you to tell the kid in your life that when you want something so badly, you do it. College was so hard, but education classes were my absolute favorite. I was able to do it because I had such a passion for this. It is my calling to be a teacher. It is who I am. And I am so proud to say that I'm a teacher. And when people ask me like, oh, what do you do for a living? I say I'm a teacher. And what other people say I teach is a teacher is not who I am. I truly believe that a title in my life besides daughter, friend, daughter of Christ, picture book lover is teacher. It's really who describes me as a person. And I'll never forget getting my first job. It was, I laugh about this now, but my dad, I remember flying over to Tucson and helping me pick out my first interview suit. I think it was like one of the best days of his life. And I went in and I had an interview on a Tuesday at 4.20. Yep, I still remember the time. And I interviewed for a fourth grade position. And I remember getting a call from the principal who I, that's where I student taught, offering me the position. And I accepted the job and I taught at that school for two years. And this experience will never leave my heart. There's a little girl that was in my class my second year and we, we, we're still in contact now, but she was the, one of those kids that you just never forget. You never forget. And I, I hope that when she's my age, she looks back and remembers me being that person in her life that was her biggest cheerleader.
because I know she's going to be somebody incredible as she gets older. She already is incredible, but y'all know what I mean. Well, I was there for two years and then I really wanted to come home and I, there was the recession here in California and there were no jobs, but I was like, I gotta come home. I miss California so much. And so I told myself and I told everybody after I graduated college that I needed like five years before I opened another textbook. That well, like my dad would always tell me, God doesn't need a vice president. And so I went and applied for my master's in reading education at the Calif at California State University Fullerton. And it was now my time to give back. I wanted to help. I wanted to learn how to help kids in reading and to also share my love of reading with elementary children. And while I was getting my master's, that's when Ramona Recommends was born. On November 11th, 2013, I posted my first Instagram photo on Ramona Recommends that titled, that was titled, Welcome to Ramona Recommends. I did not really know what I was doing in the beginning, but I did know how much I love children's literature. And if you're interested in why I call it Ramona Recommends, I'm going to give you a quick little, like, little, little snapshot. Ramona from Beverly Cleary. She's the youngest. She's the cutest. She's a little sister. I love good alliteration. I name like everything. Like my house is Eloise. My Peloton's Charlie. I just got a new car and it's my last car was Matilda. And now we have Belle. Like I like to name things. But as you can imagine, I was starting to get real itchy and I really wanted to get back into the classroom. But California had different plans as California loves to have their own plan. Um, there were no teaching jobs, like you, there was nothing. So I applied as an instructional assistant in a nearby district and I was offered to work with a fifth grade team and they were incredible. I'm still friends with many of them today. And while I ain't, I was working on my masters, I ran a Ramona Recommends, and I was really trying to stay positive about not having a teaching job because as I said, when you're a teenager and like everybody's going to college, like in my group of friends, you feel less if you don't go. Um, and then this is kind of like, at this time I was like, everyone has jobs. Like I'm the only one not having a job. Like I'm feeling less than, like I could barely go to Target because what are people going to think if I don't have a job? Hmm. Hashtag OCD and anxiety. Um, anyway, gosh, it's funny. Hindsight's 2020, isn't it? And um, I was starting to just feel like, okay, like I got to work on this word humble because there's something to say for being humble when you used to teach and now you are fixing a thousand and one paper jams on the daily. And I will say I have so much respect for instructional assistants because I know how hard you work because I was one and like you all are the bomb diggity. So I still was not able to find a job and my master's was almost over, but there was this exam that I had to take at the end. Oh my gosh, I was so stressed out. Luckily, we had this class to um, help prepare us, but I needed extra help. 
And I did not want anyone to know that I was getting this extra help. And again, even though I had come so far, I was so embarrassed and I thought I wasn't smart because I needed this extra help. And so each week in my last trimester at Cal State Fullerton, I would drive up to the reading center where I was tutored on how to take the exam and I practiced sharing my knowledge. Now, I did not live close to the university. It was about a 40 minute drive that I would do prior or like not prior, but like on top of all my classes, I had to drive there for. And so the tutor and I would work through each paragraph. It was really helpful. Um, but if you're unsure of like what this comps exam is, it's a two hour test that you take on site about everything you learned in the program with no notes. And then also prior to this day, you also have to write a paper using books and research and you turn it in the morning of the site exam. So you have to do two, essay, two essays. And examiners grade the essays, and then you receive an email about two months later with the results. Actually, I think it was about a month, because I remember taking the test March 3rd, and then I found out my um, acceptance on April 16th. So I'll never forget, it was April 16th. I was sitting on the floor of Party City buying glasses for my upcoming graduation party and my phone dinged. The moment was here. I opened the email and I, oh my gosh, I remember exactly where I was sitting like crisscross applesauce in front of these pink like wine glasses. They were just like not wine glasses, but big glasses that looked like goblet glasses. And I opened the email and was elated when I read, you have passed your comps exam. I remember like sitting there just like crying, like, oh my gosh, like this is another example that I'm a reader and that I can do it. And even right now thinking in my head, like, oh my gosh, Courtney, like take this advice for your life now. So on May 19th, 2012, about eight days before Jaden was born, <laughs> I got to walk across the stage and hear Courtney Henshaw, master's in reading education with a reading specialist credential. I mean, I'm just sitting here right now and yes, I just had to take a sip of my water, but I'm just sitting here like, oh my gosh, I'm so proud of myself. And again, if you want to read the story in more detail, you can go to my blog and it is there with pictures. If you're visual like me and you want to see really cute pictures of when I was young and getting my college degrees here. And let me continue the story because while I do have happy moments, there's still moments that are not happy that happened. I had finished my master's, it was May. I was still writing Ramona Recommends, but I was starting to get like super discouraged. Like I even thought an opportunity, I even had like an opportunity to long-term sub, but I still don't have my own classroom. And I questioned like daily if teaching was for me. It was a long four years, but then Jesus spoke to me. It was a Tuesday night. And I was bawling my eyes out in the old Open the Magic headquarters. I remember like, so my headquarters, it was like, um, like a U-shaped in the office, my parents' office that I had my books. And I was like literally laying on the floor in the middle of that U-shape, bawling my eyes out. 
like, I'm never going to get a job. I don't know what to do. I'm less, I'm not good enough. Teaching's not for me. And I remember my mom just sitting there, like trying to reassure me as most parents do that something was going to happen. It was the end of August and I had received no calls for interviews and you know, the scuttlebutt, like, Oh, you got an interview. Oh, you got an interview. And like, ugh, all that, like speculation season. And the following morning, I was sound asleep and my phone rang. It was the office assistant of a brand new school in my district. Fast forward, I had an interview that Saturday and was offered the job the next day while I was shopping at, well, you guessed it, Nordstrom. And oh my gosh, like, I'll never forget. I got off the phone with the principal. I literally screamed and ran back into the bathroom to shout the news to my mom and to my sister and to baby Jaden. And I remember like quickly dialing my dad's number to share the good news. And I finally had a teaching job after four years of praying and photocopying. <laughs> yes, I did have Ramona recommends, but being a teacher is really where I'm called to be. And I have seen so many things happen in my reading career that I'm so proud of. I've had opportunities to speak at conferences. I have run a successful Instagram with Ramona Recommends. I have a Confetti Moments podcast that you're listening to right now. And I will say where I am today is because I'm a reader. I'm a college graduate, a master's recipient, a reading specialist, owner of Ramona Recommends, a fifth grade teacher in one of the best districts in the United States. And I'm somebody who never, ever gives up. And I had teachers in my life who helped me see that all my tears and practice created who I was meant to be. Because I found the love of reading and I kept fighting and I had parents and like I just said, teachers who gave me the world, I can share this story with you. Now here I am where I want to be spreading the confetti with all of you. Looking back, I had so many great teachers who helped me keep fighting and they helped me succeed in their classes. And I want to shout out to Mrs. Greco and Mrs. Jagir and Mr. Hiltz and Mrs. Abelman who got to come to my fifth grade classroom years ago and share her story that she became an author and she wrote the book quickly. And Mr. Amstead and Professor Summers and so many more. It was not overnight. In fact, it was years over years of tears and practice. The rest of my story is because of the fight. I would not be here today without my story. As much as books were the love of my life, I also feared them. Picture books are my jam because they help me to know that the words on a page can give you great joy. I can promise you that all of your students will love you if you read them a picture book. Every kid has a chance to become a reader. And while I do recommend picture books, it is much bigger than that. 
I recommend books to help promote the love of reading. Every kid deserves to find a book that will help them to have a confetti moment. Reading aloud should never stop. Library trips should never stop. Book fairs should never stop. Visiting bookstores should never stop. Bringing books hope. Book, I mean, books bring hope. Books bring confidence. Books help kids become confident, caring readers who love books. Books help kids understand themselves. Books help kids understand others. There is so much magic in my heart because of books. Never give up on your students, on yourself, your own kids, because every single one has magic in their heart. Be the adult who says, open the magic. Hey teachers, how are you? I am just so thankful that you have been listening to the Confetti Moments podcast. It is something that I love to do. I love to share my love of picture books and books and the love of teachers with all of you. And you know what I would love as well is, hey, why don't you share this podcast with another friend to spread the magic with them and leave a comment. Let teachers know, what do you love about this podcast? What do you want me to share more of? I would love to hear from you. All you have to do is go on to wherever you listen to your podcast and leave a review. Thanks so much. And as always, open the magic. Friends, I love a good graphic tee, don't you? Did you know that I just launched my new magic wear? Yes, that's right. I have new designs, colors, clothing, cups, and hats. You can celebrate the love of reading by rocking an open the magic hat to the beach, a picture books are my jam shirt to the gym, and sip your chai tea latte on Fridays like me in a all new all the confetti moments logo mug. Order today by visiting my shop at bit.ly backslash magic wear store. Again, that's B-I-T dot L-Y backslash M-A-G-I-C-W-E-A-R-S-T-O-R-E. All right, let's open the magic together and spread the love of reading all around the world. so much for tuning into the confetti moments podcast i hope each story or tip you heard today brings the love of reading into your heart take this confetti and sprinkle it all over the children in your classroom or home see you back here next monday to open the magic